I'm delighted to welcome today Hannah Williams, who is Head of Private Client at M&M Solicitors. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Elaine. Most welcome. Um, it's lovely when I can speak particularly to women in uh, legal profession, because at one time when I when I was in it many years ago, um, there were hardly any of us. And um, now it's uh, I think it's about 50 percent, isn't it? 50 50, according to some figures I looked at recently. Yeah, well, the, I think the Solicitors Regulation Authority recently said that 60% um, of solicitors are women now. However, that percentage doesn't um, translate to uh, higher up. So partners and law firm owners still are around only kind of 30% women. So um, there's definitely a lot of women in the legal profession, but where that's translating to roles and um their specialism is 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 uh, still a work in progress. Why do you think that is? Ah, that's a very good question. Um, it's difficult, isn't it, when you're looking at these situations. There's lots of factors to consider. Um, certainly, in terms of there being sixty percent of women now, I know that when I studied years ago at university so I um, did my postgraduate in 2004 to 2005 um, and there were significantly more women so a lot of women were entering the sector but in my experience the roles um, the trainee positions at big law firms weren't necessarily representing that there were that many women entering the profession so actually the although people were training in law actually then the jobs going forward and actually qualifying as a solicitor I couldn't tell you what the proportions were but certainly there seemed to still be a lot of men considering that there there wasn't a university <clears throat> so you've got that maybe women decide you know some women decided not to pursue pursue the role um I think unfortunately there's still the the perception and reality that women uh, bear more of the um, looking after children I think lockdown and COVID showed us that, that women tended to be the ones that had to give up their role to, to take on more childcare obligations during lockdown. Um, uh, and as a result, in some ways you could say, understandably, if women take maternity leave and, and breaks from that, then men move forward in their career. But I'm of the opinion that clearly we need to help women return to law um, and to help women overcome obstacles when they are feeling like the person that's taking on more of the ch childcare obligations, that that doesn't actually impact their progression in their career. And I, I, I suspect that um, taking that break for, for children um, or other reasons uh, will be the reason why women then fall behind in terms of seniority. Mm. It's, it's a difficult one isn't it because you can't change biology well actually some people are these days but that's, <laughs> yeah. that's another conversation um so um as you were talking then I was just reflecting on on when I did my MBA in legal practice at Nottingham Law School there were uh, it was the world's first MBA and of, of its kind uh, in legal practice and I believe I'm right in saying there were 38 of us from all over the world and there were only I think I can only think now thinking back uh, four women 
And oh, wow. that was quite re remarkable. Now, they don't do that course anymore. It was too difficult, which was um, <laughs> quite difficult. interesting. They gradually you know, um, diluted it. So you've mentioned returners, Hannah. Mm -hmm. So you are a, a returner. Talk us through what happened to you. Why, why, why have you returned? Why did you leave? What, what, what was your story? Okay, it's a good question because um, I think a lot of women return to law after having children, which <clears throat> I have done. But I'd actually left uh, far be before that as well. So um, I, my background is, funny enough, I'm from Nottingham myself, but I came to Cardiff University as a student, um, did my law degree and postgrad in Cardiff, and then my training contract, um, early career in Cardiff as well, and have remained here. Um, so I worked at some of the biggest name firms in Cardiff and, and at a national firm once I qualified. Um, at the time that I qualified in 2008, we were facing a credit crunch. Um, the kind of roles that I was hoping for in non-contentious areas were very, very limited. Um, and because I had done a fair bit of litigation as part of my training contract and working as a paralegal, um, I was offered, you know, an, um, two, two roles actually, uh, one at a Bristol firm and one at um, a national firm in Cardiff in litigation and it was quite hard to to turn that down in the in the climate but really it wasn't what I wanted to do I didn't want to be litigious particularly um I preferred non-contentious work so ultimately I think it was affecting my my mental health and well-being um it wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my career um and at the time there wasn't really many options within the legal industry there wasn't the legal tech options as there are now there weren't so many in-house positions or that was something I did look at um <clears throat> there wasn't as many branding or awareness and diversity inclusion roles it was quite um a narrow progression at the time <clears throat> and as a result I didn't feel that was the progression that I wanted for my career um, and decided to leave I'd always had a passion for singing and acting and actually my first paid job was um, teaching uh, drama and because I was actually trained by the current chief examiner of Lambda, Linda McCrow. So I decided to be completely radical and leave law, set up my own business in the arts. And that's what I did successfully for a decade. Uh, and then obviously COVID hit and that has completely changed the landscape of so many industries. Um, the arts in particular are very heavily affected and impacted by the lockdowns um, and funding. Um, and ultimately at that point, I was reassessing the whole situation, having a young child at the time and decided to look, you know, looking at law again and thinking, well, why, why did I leave? Has any of that changed? And I, I looked at it and felt that it had. I felt that <clears throat> health and well-being was considered more. There were more options. There were certainly more self-employed, consulting, employed options. Um, I had more confidence having run my own business. And that actually that now, particularly with COVID and the impact on private client, people being aware that they needed wills, unfortunately, the excess deaths and therefore um, administration of estate and probate that needed doing and I felt well that's what I really enjoy doing as a trainee 
um, and in my early career. So that's the right time to come back uh, with all the extra experience I had that I genuinely don't think I would have had if I'd stayed in a law firm. Um, you know, I, I have done everything that's needed to run a business um, and recruit and supervise people um, and thinking about the holistic moving forward of a business. Um, and I've been able to bring that back with me, which has, has really meant that I am quite excited about coming back. So when did you come back, Hannah? So it was last year. <clears throat> um, so my little boy was starting school um, and nursery at that point. So I, I felt that was a, a good time to be able to take on uh, a part-time role. And then the current position I'm in, I started in January this year um, and went up to 30 hours a week over four days. Excellent. So um, you've got, do you feel you've got a good life balance now with your family, your career? Because we, we all have need to have a sense of purpose, don't we? And so many mums, stay at home mums I've spoken to, they're just kind of floundering around. They don't seem to have a purpose. Um, and especially once the, the children start going to school and, you know, what do they do during the day? And so on. we need to keep our, ourselves, you know, in, in good mind and spirit. So how, how was that? Um, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's really important, um, keeping, as you said, a really good balance. Um, I I personally found it um, great coming back and using the kind of different elements of me. I, um, the you know, the good thing to come out of um, lockdown has been the advancement in using things like Zoom, mm -hmm. um, meeting people remotely. You know, I deal with clients worldwide now, which you know, 10 years ago, you wouldn't really have attempted with the with the technology and uh, available because even if you knew how to do it, did anyone else know how to do it or feel confident with it? <laughs> um, the rise in hybrid working has been absolutely fantastic. So I have a mix where I do half of my time in the office and half of my time at home, which I genuinely think wouldn't have been available to me in my early career. Uh, but now it certainly is becoming more the norm and acceptable and everyone understands that and therefore um it hasn't been a bar in fact it's been a real positive brilliant um that that i just had a, a mental flashback then when i had my son um 28 years ago goodness me um i was uh, head of a department in a big city law firm and um it was extremely unusual for home working and yeah. I negotiated with them. Um, I had a, what do you call that thing? Um, cesarean, I had a cesarean. So I was training, I was delivering some training literally a day before I went in to have my cesarean. So I was proper, proper work full on. Yeah. Went off, had my cesarean. And then within 10 weeks of having Andrew, I was um, at my desk at home and yeah. I was... Um, Doing doing work, and you know, it was in the days of dial-up networking. It was the computers, like a huge, great big set of bricks. You know, it was just incredible. When I when I look back now, and, and it's a relatively short period of time. So I think the current climate that we've got has done so much to help um, with women in particular, but everybody as well, because 
people you know assume that women have the mental health things but the men you know they have to be stiff upper lip you know british stiff upper lip get on with it put it up shut up and you know and off you go sort of thing um, and i think we've got a much kinder uh, respectful environment now but it still it still brings challenges yeah. so what, what what are the challenges that you you find day to day with your balancing act with your being a mum being a, a partner wife whatever uh, being a you know head of private client you know that's not a small role head of department so um yeah it's a very good question um in terms of balancing things like you funnily enough when I was self-employed I was still didn't really stop and my, my son was six weeks old at the back stage at the Millennium Centre in Cardiff um whilst I produced a show <laughs> um so uh I'm used to not really stopping um and I it's really it's a difficult question isn't it because I think everybody is different I wouldn't want to um project anything onto someone else because I think sometimes it can feel like a burden if it if it's that's not the way that you work um and for some people they prefer working in in the mornings some people prefer working late at night some people prefer working at home some people prefer working in the office but for me the balance has been found by the hybrid working. It's been found in um, having a really supportive family. Thankfully having um, a good, the school has some great activities and provision. Um, you know, our, our school offers a breakfast club at 8 a.m., which is actually still not early enough on, for me on the days I go into work. Um, my husband has to do drop off on those days um, because of traffic in, on my commute. Um, and then there's after school clubs and, and then I have um, family. Uh, my in-laws live locally and can help out with after school one of the days of the week, um, which I appreciate not everyone has has that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that is I remember hearing a woman's hour session where they mentioned about the the kind of burden of responsibility there was a phrase about I know exactly how much cheese there is in the fridge um and I was like that's such a good example of when you try and list everything that you need to do sometimes it can be a bit a bit much um but it's as you know not just as a woman maybe men as well but just you just do know everything that's going on and you've got that burden of responsibility um, and not letting that overwhelm you, but make, making sure that there are techniques or methods that can can help you, such as the childcare, such as um, asking for hybrid or remote working, um, which I appreciate there are some industries and sectors that that's not possible for. Um, but thankfully, thankfully, in my case, it has been. Brilliant, brilliant. It sounds as though you've got everything organised. Um, I also credit my um, husband of the day with uh, the support and also my daughter, who was 12 at the time when I had Andrew. And uh, between us, we all worked out how we were going to you know, manage and cope because um, that's when I did my MBA as well. I just, just had Andrew and I embarked upon that when he was four months old and Charlotte was just 12. So uh, everybody thought I was mad. But it's, um, it's, we're all different, as you know, you said before, and, you know, we can't project, we can't assume, we can't make judgments um, on, on everybody else. You also mentioned contentious and non-contentious work. 
Um, and I find in, in the work that I do with the disbehavioral profiling, very often we have the wrong types of people in the wrong roles doing the wrong thing. And then it's inevitable that there's mental health problems, there's burnout, you know, there's all this yeah. stuff. Absolutely. If you're not a contentious person, then having to face that every day. Some people thrive on it. Some people absolutely love litigation and resolving things for their clients. Um, and um, I work in a, a firm that's really highly rated, top tier firm for crime in, in Wales. And the department that does that, they all relish that. It's not something that I personally think would perhaps be my forte. I am, uh, you know, much prefer um, working with clients. Um, obviously, I don't prefer that they're grieving or, or vulnerable, but I like being able to offer that empathetic ear, having, you know, a chat with someone. Some of my clients come in to see me just something to to do sometimes, I, I think, you know, get out the house if they've been bereaved particularly lost a partner and then that they're, they're on their own um and I love I love that um whereas there's some people who are perhaps introverted don't like talking to people and this would be the worst job for them because it would <laughs> having to speak to people all the time uh would, would put some people off and I think that's such a good point about um knowing your strengths or what you thrive on uh and and pursuing that which as I said, was a big reason why ultimately I left law initially because I couldn't see that I could could do that at the time, um, just with with the the climate at the time. Mm. Timing is everything, isn't it? And um, there's a saying that um, you know when when the teacher uh, when the student's ready, the the teacher appears and build it and they will come. There's all these phrases yeah. that sometimes things are ahead of their time or we're ahead of our time or whatever it is and when everything kind of all comes together people go oh that's a coincidence well in my, my in my world um it's it's because of all the maybe the preparation that you've done the awareness and you mentioned about the um the fact that you'd run a business and going back into the to law that's exactly how I blagged my way into the MBA course <laughs> because I had never um I hadn't been in law long enough um, I didn't have a first degree. I didn't even have an A-level. Um, and yeah, I'd run a very successful, um, almost not quite multi-million pound um, turnover business way, way back. So the professor said to me, um, exactly kind of what you've said, because you've had like, sort of had a life, um, you're bringing that experience, the confidence, um, the wherewithal. And I ended up lecturing on two of the modules in the, in the programme, but it's based on my experience. So your firm is so lucky to have you. I hope they realise that because of the, oh, the yeah. life that you'd had uh, before, you know, or in between, you know, your your um, your returning. And yeah, I understand you're up for an award, uh, best best returner or something. Tell us about that. Yes, yeah, so that was a really lovely surprise, and genuinely, you know, when people say it's just nice to be nominated, genuinely, it's just really nice to be nominated because. Um, I was nominated by somebody that um, I've met through LinkedIn. Um, you know, I've made so many connections in the last year on LinkedIn. It's been quite amazing. Um, so I was nominated by someone um, that I knew. And then I also was nominated by someone anonymously. So I don't know who that was. Uh, but the fact that anyone would would even consider me for a category 
of award um, personally um, and not obviously uh, the firm I'm at is award award winning um, but to be to be named um, for what I've I've done uh, is 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 really very humbling and a, and a privilege uh, and I could ramble on about it too much but it, it really touched me to be nominated for that yeah it's lovely isn't it lovely to be acknowledged and um, how do you think virtual working has taken off generally because there's an awful lot of people I come across now who are independent lawyers uh, and they are linked with an association of some kind there seems to be these lots of virtual firms H how do you think that relates to um clients um versus working in a big firm from from, a, from an employment perspective ah, so from employment perspective um so funny enough when I was looking for my current role um and interviewing I had four job offers and they were all so different and it just showed how much legal profession has moved on because when I was um in my early career you you know you were employed and you went in as a you know a junior essentially and you'd, you'd work work your way up and it, there was very clear per, firm progression um and there's lots of firms that are still like that and that's certainly one way of doing things um now talking about you saying about the M, your MBA um it, it's great to see there's different ways of qualifying as a solicitor now as well um there's there's more um work experience routes because there's some people that would be excellent solicitors but the the prospect of an exam just really really scares really scares them so it's nice there's and certainly as well because of how expensive the the routes are it's great there's options for people to do the job and see if it's for them first as well um so from an employment point of view I know from me personally the job offers I got range from purely self-employed um and taking home a percentage of what I build and then you, then you'd give the the other percentage would would go towards the the practice um what a role that was employed salary but then on commission so a lower salary and then commission based on your fees uh, and then then up to the more traditional employed so the fact that there are these options uh i think it's great because i was self-employed for a long time and a lot of benefits to that um and for many years that really suited me um uh, but as we know, well, as anyone who's self-employed probably realises, when uh, COVID happened and the lockdown happened, there was a big difference between being, being employed and self-employed and whether people got the, the self-employment grants. So um, it's definitely, yeah, there definitely is a big difference between being employed and self-employed. And it's, it's not for, for everyone um and i again wouldn't want to kind of recommend anything either way it depends on your circumstances um there's been times where i think i've really benefited from being self-employed and other times where the peace of mind of being employed even if you perhaps could have earned more by being self-employed um was was better for my health and well-being I hope that answers your question. Was that what? Yes. Yeah, that's 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 great. Thank you. Um, you mentioned that you do now four four days, uh, 30 hours over four days. 
And um, that's an interesting approach as well. That's another one of the hybrid kind of things I presume that you've negotiated negotiated that directly yourself with with your uh, your firm M and M. I'm I have always been against time recording. Um, whoever okay. invented time recording, I think wants horse whipping because <laughs> in my experience over the years, I've seen so many people that have been there in the office but have actually done nothing and the time recording piece um obviously flows through into bills and um i think there's a there's more of a um uh, a movement now to go towards per per matter rather than per hours but i think there needs to be a hybrid there as well how, how, how do you reconcile that piece yeah definitely a hybrid um, this is the first firm I've worked at where I haven't had a time, haven't had to time record every unit of my day and account for it. And um, I've always had to previously. Um, and I respect that. Um, I currently, with, with the work that I do, there's a lot of fixed fee work, um, fixed fee options. Um, and I think clients coming in do really like to know what they're going to to pay um i do have matters um when i'm dealing with state administration where i do need to do it on a hours work basis particularly because i've had some absolutely fantastic experiences uh but certainly some of the matters i've had in the last year have been very complicated and there's been all sorts popped up um including um you know unknown previously children etc uh, and of course you couldn't have accounted at, for that at the start and even if you gave a fixed fee estimate then you know telling the clients all the other things that could pop up that would would um cost money it is in incredibly hard to do so I think there are there are some circumstances and where I think the the time you spent on it is appropriate um but then having said that I am always open to new ideas um and new ways of doing things because I don't believe that just because time recording is the way that the legal industry has always done it means that it's what's best for going forward yeah absolutely and it's nice to hear you say that you know clients can drop in and just if they have been you know, over the shopping, it's not the sort of image that uh, one would have from a law firm. But uh, that means that you you are accessible as well as your firm, which is great to hear. Yeah, I I would like to think that I'm really accessible, and I've had clients. Depending on, I've got some young young clients at the moment who WhatsApp me, um, and then I have clients obviously that I speak to on Zoom and and from abroad, um, and I like to think that they know that whenever they contact me that they will always have my time and attention uh and and I genuinely love interacting with people so um I I'd like to think that does certainly does not make me unique as a solicitor I know there's lots of other people out there like that but sadly I think you're right that the the traditional image of solicitor would be standoffish and oh can I go and speak to them today um, and I, I know that's not true of many of the practitioners now. Okay wonderful what advice would you give to anybody considering going into the law regardless of their age? 
That's a really good question. So my advice would be really look at the different avenues now. Um, personally, I think that the best way um, and at the moment, a lot of firms do look for experience. So getting experience um, in a law firm in a, a legal assistant or paralegal role is good opportunity for you. Uh, but also to see, do I do I like this? Is this what I imagined it to be? Uh, because of course, qualifying can be very expensive, whichever route you take. Um, um, and you are also more likely to have um, a firm sponsor you or pay pay for your qualification if they're impressed with you and 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 your work so I would say that's a really good start and I would definitely say don't let age put you off I feel a bit of a a weird uh, in a weird position where on paper in terms of my post-qualification experience I could still be classed as a junior lawyer but yeah I know that I've got the more experience behind me and obviously I'm a bit older than some junior lawyers coming in so I feel like I kind of have that experience of being the young qualified solicitor who went straight through from uni and I qualified before I was 25 um, but then I've also got that feeling like a newbie at almost 40 um, and I just think if that's what you want to do go for it. I read this year, someone say, if you're worried about starting something because you'll be X age when you finish, you're going to be X age in that many years time anyway. But do you want to be that age and have a, having ha qualified or, or completed or achieved what you want to achieve or be that age and, and you never went for it? And I think that's really good advice because, you know, if not now, then then when? Brilliant. Any last words of wisdom before we, we wrap up? Um, well, I really want to thank you for having me today. Um, and because I, I don't think I'm, <laughs> I don't think I'm that, that, that wise. Um, but it's a real nice, a really nice opportunity to get to speak to people. And I hope that I think I represent that, that um, normal, normal person, mum or not, that is just getting back out there in their career, taking steps, um, pushing doors and, and forging new opportunities. Uh, uh, you know, not yet um, got all the accolades behind them and, and not yet at that point where that, you know, I'm intimidating in any way, shape or form, uh, but just want to, to come on and, chat about my experience in case it does resonate with anyone out there uh, and say yeah you don't have to have it all sorted and you might have had all sorts of different experiences and your CV might be a big hodgepodge and people look at it and go how well hang on a second you're doing dancing around with children at one point and then now you want to go go into the court um uh, that you know it really doesn't matter I think any any experience is, is valid uh, and just really pursue what it is that you want to do. Brilliant advice thank you Hannah Williams head of private client at M&M Solicitors I bet you never thought you'd have that um, accolade before 40 when you when you qualified. No I don't know what I was I was expecting but um 
certainly a few years ago, if you'd said I was even coming back into law, I would have would have queried it. So uh, I I'm just really grateful for being given the opportunity. And I have to say, um, when you said that the firm were lucky to have me, I I, I do also want to say that uh, uh, any employer out there that takes a risk on someone that does have a bit of an unusual CV. It is a risk, and I do think that should be commended. And I would, even if today people listened um, and as an employer themselves and as a recruiter themselves, it made them think about that unusual candidate, then that would be excellent because I think there's lots of people out there who've got a lot to offer um, and are worried about changing careers or changing paths um, when actually they could be the fresh breath of air that that industry needs absolutely that's a really good point and, and that's how I ended up doing an MBA because um I'm I, I've never been a solicitor I've, it's been in management um, where my skills lie and um my employer at the time took a chance on me and funded the MBA um and it's 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 a two-way street isn't it you know we, we we respect the help and support we're given but equally we we work hard to to repay uh, by way of thanks and, and um, so on and so forth. So thank you, Hannah. Lovely speaking with you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.